0: Today, we're going to start out the new year with a something that we probably should have done at the end of the year. Most people do their award ceremonies towards the end of the year. Not the jerks. We start off the year with a look back at 2020 today with our form of, oh, what do you want to call it? The Razzies meets the Oscars meets the jerks. I don't know, homie. What, what should we call this award ceremony? The jerkies. The jerkies. I love it. I love it. It kind of sounds like... Maybe this has nothing to do with porn, but yeah, whatever. Okay, you get it. You get it.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's just like the, it's like you know beef jerky. It's just like the you know stale, chewy, just not not that great. No, I'm just kidding. No, these, no.
0: And these aren't these awards are not the, that great. No one, with the exception of maybe one or two, would anyone really care to win. Uh, but we we took a look back uh, with this year, and actually, I mean, with with in past years. as as new media that we consume this year and we're going to award it as such. So basically what I'm saying is anything that since there wasn't movie theaters with COVID and all that stuff going on and we're going to look back at all the media, the new media that we consumed this year and then hand out awards accordingly. So so this this is like jerks inspired awards. So this isn't just
1: like I, best I, I film like the, of the jerkies, year. man. I
0: know you just made that up on the spot, but I like the jerkies. It's we might have to title the podcast this. It's awesome.
1: So the jerkies are jerks inspired <laughs> awards. If you've listened to our podcast before, then it'll make sense. Um so I don't know if you wanna list the the why don't you list the uh the yeah. categories actually first. Are.
0: Okay, so we have five awards to that we each that we don't know that the other one gave. Um, we're going to go back and forth and, and choose our five awards, and then at the end we're going to give our favorite uh, either movie or documentary or whatever of the of twenty twenty at the end, um, and then also give a, a jerk's recommendation as our seventh category. But so the five categories that we came up with for awards are all based off of some of our favorite actors. So we have. The Leo Up-and-Comer Award, the Nick Cage Award for Overacting, Cuba Gooding Jr. Fall From Grace Award, the Jim Carrey Genre Switch Award, and then the Joseph Gordon-Levitt I Just Don't Like That Guy Award. (laughs) Those are the five (laughs) ones that we'll be handing out today.
1: Yeah, I think, again, very jerks inspired. If you know us, you know we love Leo. So if you've listened to basically any of our podcasts before, I'm sure you've heard some of their names before.
0: I doubt we've made it through a podcast without mentioning one of the five guys that we just listed, especially Leo. So why don't we get it kick it kicked off with with Leo's award? Why don't you Why don't you kick us off with who is your up and comer that came into your existence or who you want to give the Leo award to?
1: So the I had two options for my Leo up and comer. Uh, so. I, I wanted to I I chose Robert Pattinson because wow. you know he was kind of like yeah because he's he's kind of like the the dream um that you know was in uh, Twilight and was um uh you know kind of he wasn't really yeah. taken seriously he at was the a time, teen. But, he
0: was a teen heartthrob he was eye candy for the, the first half of his career
1: exactly just like um just like uh Lee Um, But now he's been doing movies um, with, uh, um, you know, more respected movies with Willem Dafoe and has been taking on more controversial and kind of roles that require more depth of an actor. Yeah. And he's been really, for me, in my opinion, been pulling them off quite, quite well. Yeah.
0: Um, So, I mean, I I definitely I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I it's it's a great pick. I actually considered him for the Jim Carrey genre switch award since he was doing those heartthroat movies. We'll get to who, who we both picked for that, but I, it's, it's a great pick. I mean, he's, he, he's at a point in his career where he could either go Leo or he could go the way of the rom-com for the rest of his life. And I think you're right. I think with The Lighthouse, I think he's, he's hopefully turned that corner. So it's a good pick. Um, I'm well, gonna- there was also the
1: movie The Devil All the Time, which is starring the other my other up and comer Tom Holland, who's plays Spider-Man. Um, He's he's actually he's really good. He's British, but you'd never know it when he does his New York accent and when he does his uh you know his in The Devil All the Time. He does like a 50s accent or 60s, and it's just it's his southern accent. He's really good. But anyways, Robert Pattinson's also in that movie The Devil all the time as a preacher and uh, as a uh a conniving preacher and they're both really really good uh so the, anyways but robert pattinson's my number what okay is my choice but who would you have there Sorry. all right
0: so i had i had an actress and i chose florence Pugh. so she's from she's in little Women, one of the only movies that i actually went to the theaters to see this year technically i think it was 2019 but we crystal and i go down to the portsmouth music hall and uh, watch them after they've left like the main theaters. She was also, I was actually randomly watching the movie The Commuter with Liam Neeson, and she's in it too. Um, and then of course there's a movie that we'll, you know, uh, that we've probably talked about on this podcast, might even talk about a little later, called Midsommar. And she's the main character in Midsommar as well. She, and again, most of these movies were from 2019, but I had no idea who she was until this year, and I watched all of those this year. And I, I think that you know she's only 24 years old. I think she has an extremely bright future. I went to go see The Little Women mainly for Soros, and came out actually, uh, you know, more more hopeful for Florence Pugh uh, after watching that movie because I thought she kind of stole the yep. show.
1: Everything I've seen her in is is, is awesome. So, but I, I think that's an interesting choice on your part. Um, it, it definitely an up and comer uh you made a good point in that like we basically do have to choose from like 2019 because looking back on if you google or wikipedia 2020 movies there is a short picking it's like really nothing like what i know like because i was lived through that not a lot came out but like really you expect like some junk movies to come out or something but there's really a short list of anything that was released so yeah which but, is,
0: uh, hopefully our 2021 award ceremony will be a little bit more relevant, but I think everyone kind of had that experience this year of just watching stuff that was new to them, not necessarily new to the world at the time. So there's it, it a, a, a year about discovering things that maybe we missed over the last two years. And then, you know, there was the random Netflix, you know, release that we can I'm, I'm sure we'll get into as we go. So anyways, we digress. Let's get to our next award which, again, is named the Nick Cage Award for Overacting. And this was a fun one. I mean, this is just an award for someone who just went way over the top. I think, at least in my case, this person was, I think, going for an Oscar and I think is more likely to get a Razzie in this case. And my choice for this one was Amy Adams in Hillbilly Elegy. So hmm. she, I think, she. this is the third, my count, maybe even fourth time that she's had a role where she plays kind of like a hard-lifed, you know, I wouldn't say street woman, but hard, hard-lifed woman. And you can just kind of see it. She's just strung out, I guess, in this one, and just tired and just kind of blotchy and really not the attractive movie star that we know Amy Adams to be. I think if this was her first role, I think people would take it a lot more serious. But I was watching this one with the, with the eye of, okay, is she going for an Oscar on this? She was. And she totally overacted in that role. I, did you see the movie?
1: I didn't see the movie because you turned me off of it. So, but
0: <laughs> I kidding. think I did. I think I called you, and I'm just like, okay, like it's a good story. It doesn't have a point, and Amy Adams totally overacted. So you're probably not surprised by this pick.
1: So th- she, this isn't a fall from grace. This is just her overacting.
0: Yeah, this is the overacting. No, Amy Adams is still holding on. Not and and not barely holding on. She. She'll have to do a couple more of these before she falls from grace for me. Yeah, well,
1: I, I my pick personally isn't necessarily a specific movie, but I think at this point in his career, uh, like, he's almost just known for it. Uh, and and, uh, and that's Mark Wahlberg. Uh, <laughs> so he, although he, you know, he pulls off in The Departed, yeah, his, his role works. are like, you know, but it's still it's still like the most heavy overacting it's almost he's almost made a career on overacting in that like the movies he's doing now, like Spencer Confidential or or whatever he comes out with are almost like uh, you know, a swipe of the nose every time. You know, like it's just it, Yeah, there's the he's list-
0: doing everything but like looking at the camera and winking saying like I'm exactly. going over the top.
1: That's what I mean by the swipe of the nose, being like, "Yeah, I like I know who I am," and which is there's something to be said of that about that because it's still entertaining, just like Nick Cage. Yeah, like Nick Cage is still entertaining, and but he kind of knows who he is now, and it's just like, so he I guess he's in like Daddy's home. And uh, Marky Mark, I mean, Mark, yeah. Wahlberg so, so are, are you
0: giving Marky Mark just in general the overacting award, or is there like a particular movie that he did that you were just like, that's
1: what oh, I God. said. If I, had to choose, if I had to choose one, well, so many of his movies are blending together, anymore. Yeah. So okay, so, so, he's so just we'll just call this
0: a, a lifetime achievement Nick Cage overacting award for Mark Wahlberg. And exactly. I, and you're spot on, Ted, he's exactly. way over the top. In Ted, departed has to be the biggest one, but um, yeah, if he. Since this is the first year, we've got all the years before us to hand out this award. And Mark, congratulations! He's, you you win. He's, it. Such
1: a, he's such a. It's it's this. We're in this age of self awareness in movies too. So like he's always pairing himself up with somebody like Will Ferrell or somebody funny because it because he knows like he doesn't take himself as seriously anymore, and it's almost you know him making a career off of it like nick cage kind of is doing now too sure in his his latter half so i'll still go
0: see a mark i mean if it's on cable or if it's on hbo i'll still watch a mark Wahlberg action movie but you do it's some of the scenes you know we did one in the movie movies cliches he's he's starting to become uh, a cliche in and of himself so for the overacting. So I, I, I like the pick and yeah, we'll just call it a Lifetime Achievement Award since we don't have a movie to go with it. All right, moving on. Our Cuba Gooding Jr. Fall From Grace Award. <laughs> this one, ah, man. I, I really had actually had a hard time picking mine. Why don't you go first and then we'll get into mine? Cause I don't, I'm not sure if you're gonna know this actor. Okay, so my pick
1: is Will Smith and it is Gemini Man is the specific movie that was from like last year or the year before that was just absolutely terrible. But he, for some reason, and Will Smith has liked Cuba Gooding in his early career has my utmost respect for some of the serious roles he's done. And then he's, as Phil has pointed out to me before, now he's, he's almost solely doing science fiction movies that are CGI oriented and I uh, don't necessarily require a lot of acting chops. It's more um,
0: costumes, special like... effects. Yeah, but I I hear you. I, I I and I'm I'm with you on that. Will Will Ferrell. Will Smith is in kind of like a ten year lull for me right now, where I really since really since I Am Legend haven't been that excited about any of his movies. And I Am Legend even was. It started him on that path of science fiction, apocalypse, you know, all that stuff. But I, I do think that he is going to have a second act of his career. So th- though he might have fall from grace, at least in my mind, I th- I'm holding out hope that he does a, a few more edgier roles in the second half of his career.
1: Well, as I understand, and uh, I, I, I don't, I'm i not 100% sure, but as I understand, he was considered for the role of Django. Yeah, I think we uh, talked
0: J- about this, yeah.
1: And, and that would have been a transformative role for him in that like after that, everybody would want to do something something high quality with will smith again
0: yeah i think it was a big miss on him
1: yeah but anyways but again he chose to do gemini man and and still not curse as much in films and stuff and work with his son instead of doing something
0: more worthwhile in my anyways teach their own right will smith in tim's eyes you've fallen from grace but i'll be right here to pick you up if you He's also, he's involved in, sci- he's a Scientologist. So oh, he is? I didn't know that. Nut- yeah, then we might have lost him then.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, he is uh, on his way, and, and well on his way down from Grace. So sorry, the Fresh Prince is uh, not so fresh anymore. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Um, well, so why did you struggle with this so bad? So my, I mean, my, my struggle
0: with my struggle with this is because no one really had any new content this year. So I'm really going off of a a Netflix two Netflix movies that I saw with with my my pick here. Um, I think probably our female listeners will probably know this guy more so than our male listeners because he's in a lot of rom coms. He's been in a lot of he's been that handsome stud in so many films. He was married to Fergie. You don't know who I'm talking about by now. His name's Josh Duma Dumal, or yeah, Josh Dumal. He was in two movies this year. One, which actually Sasa and I talked about, "Think Like a Dog," who, which coming from a vet, she said it was one of the worst movies she's ever seen. And then there's another movie he did called "Lost Husband," where both of these, I'm watching these, and I'm just like, oh, like it's that realization, like, oh man, like this guy is past his prime and it's over for him. Like the next, the next two steps after this. He'll be in in a Hallmark movie after this, and then he'll be signing copies of DVDs and, at the mall right after this. Like, this is where this guy's career is headed. I watched him. He also was a, a, on a golf thing that I watched. He, he was part of, like, this celebrity thing. One of the questions, so each, each hole had a question, and one of the questions was, name a movie that Josh Dumel is in. It's a bunch of 20-something golfers, and no one even knew. No one could name anything that he was in. It was just sad. So I th- I think that that <laughs> moment alone probably highlighted his fall from grace, followed up by those well, two terrible movies I, that I, I saw. Fall
1: from he was never at the level of grace. I like, think come I on, think man. some of our
0: female listeners will debate you on that. He was he was in How to Win a Ted How to Win a Date with Ted Hamilton, which was big. Um, I think it's like Life as It Goes with like. Catherine Heigl or something like that. It's it one of those movies. He's been in a few. He's been in a few big ones, and I'm sure I would have never seen them before either if it wasn't for you know Crystal holding the remote on, on some of these nights. But it just it, it seems sad at the golf tournament, and then those two performances just suck. So, anyways, we don't need to talk anymore about poor Josh. Uh, but yeah, he has won my Cuba Gooding Jr. Fall from Grace Award. Uh, so look him up after this, and I'm sure he's got a recognizable face. If you'll you'll just see him in different things. Uh, and he, he's un, undeniably handsome guy, but his career is just kind of going in the crapper. All right, next next category, the Jim Carrey genre switch award. Who do you have that going to? So let let me actually, why don't you give us a little background as far as what this award's all about before you give your pick?
1: So uh, if you again in the past uh, we have spoken a lot about Jim Carrey, but I have kind of discovered that he it may be Phil and I's like top few favorite actors of all time uh, and that's not something that him and I Phil and I would have told you before doing this podcast you know of course we love Dumb and Dumber and all those other movies but we've discovered that Jim is one of our favorites because of his ability to uh, own roles in different genres um, so Truman, you know, Truman from-
0: Show the number 23 the majestic like all of these are arguably just as Enjoyable to go back and rewatch as as his classic comedies.
1: I mean, even dabbling in documentary with Jim and Andy, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. Like the guy, <clears throat> another genre switch. Well, anyways, we won't get into another. I but, think people but, understand.
0: Yeah. So yeah, he he went. He started his comedy, and then he dabbled in, you know, different genres, horror like horror. I guess twenty three was more of thrillers, dramas. Kind of movies that were more uh, recognized by the Academy or or potentially recognized by the Academy rather than just you know silly dumb and dumber humor where you get you know you light your farts on fire. <laughs> no,
1: but then, then, but then he does kids movies too, and 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 movies like Yes Man. Honestly, Jim was like in the conversation of Fall from Grace. Uh, if, if he if he wasn't doing such interesting stuff, then then I may have have gotten that. He may have gotten that pick from me, but he honestly is kind of a true artist in that. Like, sure, most artists are have some troubles or have some like a little crazy perspective. You know what I mean? Yep. Um.
0: But so, anyways. So the Jim Carrey award. Is, yeah, I think people understand really, what we're saying, and I mean, if they've listened to our Jim Carrey podcast, which was like one of the first ones that we did, they understand our respect for him and they understand how versatile he is. So who? So, my
1: award goes to, uh, what I think is appropriate, goes to Adam Sandler in Uncut
0: Gems. Oh, nice one. Yeah, nice. Very nice. So that's, I, that's huge. I think, oh. well,
1: I, and I think it's very much like Jim Carrey, a, a Jim Carrey choice for him, because uh, Adam Sandler's proven more than a few times that he can really act and act well. Um, but then he chooses to do movies like Hubie's Halloween that came out this year. That is one of the most, is one of the worst movies that that has ever been made. Um, but in the same year, he comes out with Uncut Gems, which is like a, uh, just a, a, a tight tension movie about um, this guy who um, is ju- essentially- Yeah, he's
0: a jeweler, he's a hustler. He's basically just a and
1: hustler. He's, a hustler, he's a hustler and he's in the midst of playing a couple of deals against each other. It's a high tension film, anyways. But like he he does a really good job, in, in, and I think he consistently does a good job in these in these genre flip films. The, it, what's interesting about Adam Sandler is that the genre that he's
0: originated in comedy—that's the one he sucks at. Like, <laughs> like that. You well, know, his early stuff song. is good. Like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore is good. But I think I think what it is—he's a—he's a product of just Netflix saying, "Here's a blank check." No, really, it's a blank check. He, and he, he got into a point with them where he owed them, what, three or four comedies that he couldn't refuse the money. I think they paid him something crazy like $200 million to make four movies. Some some ludicrous number like that. He couldn't turn it down. He gave them shit. That's all they asked for. And he got paid for it. So, I mean, I don't fault him for that. It's just I wish he would try just as hard with his comedy because I know he has it in him. Where I think his passion now is, like you said, with the Jim Carrey. He's more interested in those Oscar Oscar driven, the dramas, because it's something that excites him now, whereas comedy is kind of in his SNL past.
1: Well, he just, it what really stinks uh, is that when someone with these acting chops uh, does such crap saturation, make stuff like that solely clearly for just for the money like there can't be any passion behind that like he's just trying to make money to hang out with his buddies and keep it Rob Schneider employed but dog if like, someone
0: gives you if someone gives you a 200 million dollar check or however I think it might have even been more than that how do you turn that down i don't know. i mean no i i mean i, I know you're I, I know we're against sellouts here but come on i mean everyone's got their price just to put up Netflix literally said, we don't care what you give us. Clearly, they, they didn't care. Just give well, us he something. Could have done,
1: like, he could have done something. Like, Dave Chappelle found a better way to, to put that money yeah. well, to Well I think,
0: I think Dave, Dave Chappelle still has a little bit of, you know. I mean, he, he's he got
1: 10 times the street credit, 100
0: times the street well, credit. Well, and that. I think he's still got the passion for comedy, which I yeah. don't think that Adam Sandler has anymore.
1: And passion, right. He's got credit uh passion and respect anyways who did you choose for your genre switch so
0: my genre my genre switch was uh hugh Grant, and specifically his role was always been kind of that josh jumel like i was saying he's always kind of just been the british you know charming befuddled rom-com guy in throughout his pretty much his entire career and this year, he took on two roles. Actually, one was from 2019, and then one was from 2020. In the roles, in, in his role in The Gentleman, the movie The Gentleman, he was kind of like the mobster narrator in The Gentleman. He was, him and Jax were talking back and forth. I say Jax because it's a you know, but you, I don't know if you ever saw that movie. But he played almost like a bad guy and a, and a thug in that one. And then his role is kind of like a sociopath, borderline psychopath, in the series The Undoing. So he is just when you find out, I mean spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen The Undoing, he ends up being the killer and is ready to risk his family, his son and anyone who's in his way for his own freedom. And it's a role that I've never seen him in. It's a serious role that I've never seen him in. And once you know once all the chips fall and you realize who he really is, you go back and look at his performance and it's and it's remarkable. I thought and it's the first time he's done something like this in both of these roles. And I, I even though I have not liked him up until this point, I got to give him credit for trying something new and actually, I think, succeeding it.
1: Oh, you said Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant, yeah. Uh, for some reason, this whole time I was picturing you, picturing you and McGregor. But to be honest, that's like a really boring pick. <laughs> <laughs> did you what? Did you see either one of those? Grant? Did you see either one of those? Like. No, it's just so boring, though. Like it really is. Like the most, like all right, you can. Uh, who did I choose? I chose Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems. The genre switch, like that's big and like exciting. And you choose, like you know, that's such a James Vanderbeek move. But, like <laughs> just like choosing, it's just so it's boring. Anyways, I stand uh, by. I stand by it.
0: I like your. I so do I, like your Adam Sandler pick. I wish I could dump on it, but I I can't because I like it. But I stand you know, by, I just, by Hugh Grant.
1: I flip flop. Well, I mean, if it were Hugh Jackman or Ewan McGregor, because I thought you were going to talk about Doctor Who, uh, which is kind of a genre flip. I'm not sure if you saw that. It's the Ewan McGregor does. It's it did this film this year called Doctor Who, which is it was a uh, continuation of um, Jack Nicholson. Oh, the um, the
0: um, Shining. The
1: Shining. It was a continuation of The Shining. So I thought that's what you were going to touch on. um, No, but but
0: no, even McGregor's done stuff like that before. So that wouldn't be a genre switch for him. I mean, something
1: different. He, He hops around, but it was kind of like a horror movie. I mean, I don't know if he's done a horror movie before.
0: I'm sorry to disappoint you. Dog. Well, it really... it's all right. I mean it wouldn't be the first time. So. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm not changing my pick. It's Hugh Grant, final.
1: It's fine. Speaking of disappointing, we should probably get into our Joseph Gordon Levitt picks. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which I actually in the in the Doug, that's the a, that was a
0: beautiful transition, by the way. Usually that's my job. <laughs> well I, I well I've been excited for this one because I've
1: actually audibled during the podcast. Um my initial pick was was Probably a little bit uh racier, no pun intended. Um, but uh, if you'll let me go first, uh, my the
0: floor is yours,
1: the, the floor is mine, thank you. Uh, so my Joseph Gordon Levin Levitt, I just don't like that guy. Award goes to Jesse Eisenberg, okay? Who, yep, do you know? You know Jesse Eisenberg, right? Social network. Yeah, social
0: network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he kind of looks like he's... So he's kind of... He's reaching a point in his career
1: where, like, he's doing sequels to, like, Now You See Me 2 and Zombie Land, Double Tap. And, like, he's just kind of, like... And he also was Lex Luthor in, like, the latest DC comics or the DC movies. Um, And I feel like he is just one of those guys that... Uh, I only like him when he plays a like just kind of a whiny little bitch like in Zombieland One. Did you like him in Social
0: uh, Network? I mean, I thought
1: he was really uh, good in that. I think he's all right. Let me get—he's a good actor. Like I—I uh, I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's just like—I just don't like him. So I guess in Social Network, if you're not supposed to like Zuckerberg, which I don't think you are, you're
0: not. No. That's, that's why
1: he's good for that role. Like, if he could just figure out how to, like, find roles where, like, he, you know, he just, he if he would embrace the fact that he's just not likable, I think like he would have a better career. Gotcha. But, like, but the only time I really like him is, again, when he's playing, like, that Zombieland character or, uh, which is basically the same in, like, a few movies that he plays in. Um, I saw this movie thirty second or thirty minutes or less last night with him in uh, Aziz and Danny McBride, uh, where they strap a bomb to him and he has to rob a uh, a bank or something, and of course he's like all freaking out the whole time. And like that, I feel like that works for him. But
0: anyways, so it's not like you don't like him, no. no.
1: I think I don't like him. No, I I don't <laughs> like him. I I
0: can give. But, okay, so like you understand that the roles he's in, you're not supposed to like him, but you just feed right into like you're saying yes, like I don't like him yeah. because because he fits that mold.
1: Yeah, but also I just don't like him. Like I just don't That's like to. You don't have to. Like, you don't it, have to. Isn't this supposed to be a gut thing?
0: Yeah, exactly. And mine's a gut thing too. And well, I've I've given this actress actually many many choice many many chances. Um, I, we've in the past, I think, made fun of the Big Big Bang Theory. We recently watched something that she was in. Crystal and I did called The Flight Attendant, which we just yeah. limped through it. It was terrible. You know who I'm talking about? Kaylee Kakuo. I'm sorry, like she's pretty. Like I, maybe she'd be cool. To, I I I don't even think she'd be cool to hang out with. I just th- find her annoying in everything that you she does. I think she's supposed to be the Big Bang Theory. She's supposed to be like this hot like untouchable girl like whatever she's just not for me she just doesn't do it for me and i anytime that she's on the screen much like a day zoe deschanel or whatever like she's just off-putting and i just you don't know like Zoe Deschanel? no i don't i i, I don't like her either I, we've talked about this on a past podcast but it's not about her yeah i'm not i'm not f- focusing my hate on her it's it's mainly on kaylee and i'm sorry she'll just never ever do it for me and i want to leave the room every time she's on the screen
1: well I think that might be the association of big the association of uh, big Bang theory just leave no I'm, I'm saying
0: if she's in a capital or no she's not in capital one she's in the um uh, Expedia commercials she, yeah. like everything like I just don't like her on screen no i, I guess I
1: that's interesting because that's an actor actress a, actor she's an actor that uh, I honestly want to like but she hasn't really been in anything good so like that's i think because she's not like, any good i don't i don't find her particularly annoying but she hasn't been anything good and the fact that she's the main focus of one of my my least favorite shows of all time which is the big bang theory <laughs> uh and that's being modest uh you know again <laughs> so she I'll, I'll let it i think that's a fine choice i you know i thought you were gonna say julia roberts at first which i was kind of excited about because no. i think Chris. I just don't like Julia Roberts, but I'm. You didn't ask my. Like, do you want to hear who I was going to choose? Because I think it's. I said it's a bit racier, and there's no pun intended. But go, they, they yeah, do it. it, yeah. Well, my choice is actually going to be Lee. Uh, say, say that again. I just who who my choice is going to be Spike Lee. Oh, um, oh okay. I just don't like because honestly. I feel like I really want to like Spike Lee's stuff, but so he came out with *The Five Bloods* this past year, which Mm -hmm. like I thought was like a really cool concept and all that. But his execution of everything is just so heavily handed that it's almost there's almost no art in it. It's there's no subtlety whatsoever. So Um, I mean, he's done.
0: He got game, and he's he's done *The Twenty-Fifth Hour* with Ed Ed Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Barry Pepper. He can't do any wrong for like those two movies alone. I just I love both of them. They might both be in my top eh, 30 movies of all time. So, I mean, yeah, not every director is going to go, you know, shoot shoot 100%. Well, I feel
1: like I I feel like because he does f- films about race and about civil rights and stuff that like he almost like corners the market much like the and this is a crazy uh, comparison but much like the passion of the christ like it corners a, a section of people who are almost afraid to say they don't like it like the black klansman got so much acclaim and i just did not think it was that great remotely like, i'll give like, you I that i really just did
0: i've seen a few of his that are overrated that people go crazy for and really hype up and wasn't good so I mean, I don't see him in like the upper echelon of like a David Fincher for me, or like, a, you know, we talk about Tarantino all the time. I don't see him in that tier. So I take it for what it's worth. Like he's pumped up to be in that tier. I, I think what you're what you're really trying to say is he's overrated. Uh, yeah, but I also,
1: I don't like the fact that he his ego is just through the roof and he thinks he's kind of like, he is like almost like the self-proclaimed, like spokesman for like the black community it seemingly or like like i i recently watched a documentary on quentin tarantino and when Django came out he had all this stuff to say spike lee had all this negative stuff to say um and like jamie fox is like spike lee's kind of like that you know old man he's like get off my lawn like don't you like you know that kind of i thought that was a really good representation but Anyways, I'm just not a I huge think, fan
0: of him. I think also, too, you and I have watched enough Celtics-Knicks games, or just Knicks games, period, over the yeah. last, you know, 30 you know years. Really, sorry. Where he's that annoying guy on the sidelines. He makes it about himself, and he's not supposed to even be a part of anything. And he he needs the spotlight, and that's annoying too. So I, I. You're absolutely
1: right, and that is like that's for me a huge part of it because that's a huge part of his persona is being on the sideline of the Knicks, uh, the uh, the Knicks games, and it's like yeah, just the ego is mm. just insane. But he wasn't even my choice. Jesse Eisenberg was my choice, but. Anyways, move, moving on. What, what do we have next? I think we're... So that, does,
0: that does it for all of our actor, actor lists. Uh, we'll do a recap in a minute. I think we want to also go over our favorite, um, you know, favorite thing that we watched in 2020. Um, and I can start with that. So my favorite thing wasn't necessarily a movie or a documentary or any, like, one... It was a series. And again, this is probably from, like, 2019, too, so I was a little late to this show. But... Um, I really enjoyed Mindhunters. It was a project done about s- serial killers. It's a fictional project done about serial killer, a show that was done by David Fincher. And just the character development and the way that they dive into a story felt a lot like, um, you know, stuff in the past that I've seen, like the wire. I mean, Fincher didn't do the wire, but something stuff along though. There's, there seemed to be a lot of depth and it was really dark. Uh, and I think it was just well done. so it's there's two seasons awesome, out that
1: awesome, I awesome. that's that's like I wish I thought of this. like that's it's would you agree it's true detective level?
0: Yes, yep. it's television. right on it's right online with True Detective. And if I had watched True Detective for the first time this year, then that might be up there with that. but yeah, this is just the first time I had, someone had recommended it, and I finally just binged both both seasons. And by far, it was the best thing that I watched this year.
1: It's kind of to go along with that uh, true kind of crime fad that's happening a bit right now, where totally, um, uh, you know, where crimes in the documentation of said crimes uh, or speculation around them, uh, uh, there's a lot of content being made around those stories and. This is kind of Mindhunter is the uh, essentially where the term serial killer comes from. And a lot of so it's the behavioral uh, psych unit in the uh, FBI. The yep. FBI. Mm-hmm. And basically the the uh, construction of that unit and, the oh. you know, um, implementing psychology and macro and micro psychology into detective work, which, you know, it's it's really it's really quite but in addition to it being interesting, topically, uh, the the acting is great. Yeah, the acting played- acting's
0: great. The character development is great, and they really kind of nail some of the psychos. They brought in uh, Charlie Manson, I think, towards the end of season one. That scene to me was fell short a little bit, but it was still, it was still done in a way that it wasn't like way too over the top Charlie Manson. So, you know, I, I kind of, I, I,
1: Oh, I did agree. I, I thought it was a way over the top Charlie Mansony, but the guy nailed it. Um, and, and it's supposedly it's the same actor who plays Charlie Manson in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Oh really? Cause he looked, I mean, he looks just like him. He looks different in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but like, anyways, I remember when Mindhunter came out in like, that actor w- was playing it, and I had heard that. Oh, he's going to be in the next Quentin movie as him as well, and I was like, "Oh shit, like that'll be awesome." Nice. Um, so, so if but... I had
0: to choose a movie, real quick footnote, it would be Invisible Man, just because it was really the o- <laughs> it was really the only movie I saw like from 2020, and it was right during quarantine, and it felt okay. like. I well, like,
1: agree that we can, go, we can go into like 2019 or 2018. Yeah, I'm just keeping,
0: right? fine, if I had to choose something from 2020, that would be it. Because maybe it might have been the only new movie I saw, him, or not the only one, but one of the, the the top ones. And I don't know, it just made me feel like, okay, if this is what home experience is going to be like for the next year, then okay, if, if, if they're going to release stuff like this, then I'm on board because it was good. It was, it was really good. Um, all right, so what was your pick of the year?
1: Well, I had like, all right, so again, and the reason that I was mentioning, oh,
0: can we do 2019? Yes, 18, definitely. For, as long as my, you saw it for the first time, then it's it's eligible. Yeah,
1: because
0: this past year has
1: been a lot of like rewatching stuff and uh, finding what, you know, why you really like things because you have the time to sit and kind of observe and think. Anyways, um, so if... I, I thought about choosing uh, My Octopus Teacher, which I had chosen for my favorite documentary of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't think it's my absolute favorite thing of the year. Um, and I thought about choosing uh, The Dark Crystal, The Age of Re- Resistance, which is a Jim Henson uh, series that is a, a, a prequel, in a way, to the movie that came out in the 80s. Um, and although it was probably two, it was 2018 or so, or 2000, yeah, in 2019-ish. Uh, oh. No, it's 2019, Anyways, um I think it's one of the best things
0: that's come out. So your, your pick is Dark Crystal? No. Okay, My <laughs> well, get to it. it, get to it. What is All it? Right. Uh, it's Annihilation.
1: It's a movie called Annihilation. Okay. And I saw it for the first time this year. Uh, although it came out in 2018, um, it stars Natalie Portman, um who else would you know from it uh let's see jennifer jason lee gina Gina rodriguez the girl from um hateful eight who plays sure
0: yeah uh, i'm i'm familiar with the movie i just i haven't seen it so
1: oh so anyways it's a it's just kind of it's a really neat film about like this there's orb that's like spreading you know, it landed in this lighthouse and then spreading and everyone who enters it, um, doesn't come back. And anyways, anyways, it sounds pretty wild, but what the, the, the way that science mixed with fiction, it's very science fictiony. Uh, but I thought the way it was done was really neat. Um, and it's basically about change the cell people's cellular composition, constantly changing. Um, but being in, in this globe it's influenced by your cellular change in your body is influenced by the environment surrounding you yeah so like changing based on the environment right and i
0: just thought it was really neat yeah no i'll have to check it out i mean i when i saw it advertised i thought that it looked a very similar to a, a bunch of movies that have come out before one one being called the sphere uh prometheus was kind of like that and then there was one other yeah. that came out within the like the last three years that something had to do where they find an orb like that in space and all three of which weren't, yeah, just okay. Mid-grade sci-fi movies. So I figured that this would just be another one. So I never really gave it a chance, but I will now I, I'll, I'll check it out. And I like Natalie
1: Portman. Yeah, definitely give it a shot. It was, it was cool. Uh, interesting ideas, but well, well executed as well.
0: Thanks. Um,
1: so uh, and the, the final thing I think we wanted to wrap up with was really one of our favorite, this is our, collective jerk's choice for the year what um which Phil Phil pushed this movie on me for a matter of months and I don't know I you know I just didn't get around to seeing it um and when I finally did it lived up to his hype uh, and that that's it's so much
0: yeah so I got to give my buddy Kevin credit for this he really, he actually pushed this on me he he found out that we were doing a podcast and you know he's like hey you know me and my wife just watched this movie loved it and you know i think you'd love it too let me know he wasn't sure because it it is a freaky movie Um, and what we're talking about we mentioned earlier in the podcast but it's the movie midsummer um i I don't know if you want to break it down dog but it's it's
1: hard to break down so basically what it is is um
0: without giving it away since we're making it a recommendation
1: yeah no no right uh so it's an it's a group of american kids who want to go traveling to this festival i believe in sweden or maybe norway i can't remember um but it's basically they come across this um cult uh this cult yeah and uh all, all sorts of weird stuff happens uh or may, was it was it where i can't remember what country it was and maybe it was, was yeah Olive. i think it was it was then, a
0: scandinavian country and they're out in the countryside and but they take
1: they take psilocybin mushrooms like when that throughout their whole experience which again none of this is really ruining anything but um the 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 way that the film is shot is very unique colorful off putting uh and you don't it's one of those movies where you don't quite know what the movie is until you finished it um yeah. and that's um pre- becoming typical of this production company called A24 yeah. which we also want to talk yeah, about so be- yeah movies.
0: yeah A24 they've done uh, movies like heredity um kind of sci-fi mysteries almost um, The Lobster,
1: The Witch, uh, Swiss Army Man, uh, The Disaster Artist. Uh, so a, t- a ton of just like unique films that are uh, shot in a in a in an artful, artful way.
0: Uncut Gems, which we mentioned before, was an A24 production and these, this just kind of came to our consciousness, Tim and Tim and mine. We've we've seen A24 movies before and liked them, and this year we're just starting to notice that their library is really stacking up, and the percentage of movies that comes out that's like really good is is very high composed, compared to a lot of other production companies or studios um, that are out there. They just it, it's I don't know is it it's for lack of a better take, term it's take, like artsier it's like artsier than the well, they take movie. gambles. They take gambles.
1: So, like Ex Machina is another one uh, that they do, which is like again, there's only three people in the film, and it's about artificial intelligence. Um, but uh, again, a lot of the a lot of the way these films are done are focused on one part of or or one aspect of the genre. So, like it could be a period piece, or like uh, The Lighthouse is William Defoe and Robert Pattinson, and it's black and white. So it's but it's all about again building anticipation so they're they're really kind of allowing for different aspects of cinematography to come into focus in a uh in, a, a f- with the with the uh backing of a a big production company
0: and a good story too like you're you're intrigued the entire time for all these stories so uh just keep a lookout if you haven't you know seen any a24 movies you can google and see like a library of, of what they've done in the past and really how, the jerks Two thumbs up, four thumbs up. I wish I had more thumbs to give it more thumbs. I up. wish I had more thumbs
1: because I would give it a 24 <laughs> and four thumbs way up. Uh, and I think it, you know, Maddie said something funny about these movies. Uh, which if you're gonna watch anything, any of these movies, uh, go in with the knowledge that most of them have a, a pretty dark, um.
0: Yeah, underlying, yeah it
1: is. They're dark movies. They definitely they, are. They, a lot of them are make, made to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, but what Maddie says, he's like, dude, you just like stuff that's just weird, like just for weird sake. And it's kind of true. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do really like weird stuff. Uh, and, but if they, you know, but that's what's cool is like these, again, it's weird stuff with a huge production value, you know, like, yeah. which for me is like, I, I like the fact that alternative art is becoming more uh, commonplace, uh, and I think it's for me. It's there's more stuff that I like out there. Yeah. More more opportunities for for weirdness, which is. Uh, I'm not as I'm not I, as
0: weird as you, but I like it too. So that's that's saying something.
1: I'm not. Weird. I just like weirdness. Like it's that's the the diversity is the spice of life, dog. You gotta <laughs> learn. You don't. You don't gotta learn. Every, you don't gotta do anything. Everyone's a little weird. So which award do you think we deserve? Do we deserve the up and comers? Do we deserve the the falling from grace? Do we deserve <laughs> overacting? Do we deserve the, how many, how many people out there are probably just like, yeah, those guys are total.
0: Well, well I, 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 let's give us the genre switch. I mean, this is the first year that we've done the podcast. Like this is something as brothers that we've never done before. So, i'm gonna give us the jim carrey genre switch because this is a totally new thing that we've been doing in 2020 no i love
1: it and i think uh, it's very apropos for us to give ourselves an award
0: so (laughs) no one else will so might as well and we graciously accept our own award by the way
1: yeah no i was desperate for one so you know this this is big thanks thanks again for listening guys Yeah
0: that uh that concludes the first annual jerkies guys thanks again for making such a fun year with all the social media stuff and you know interaction side texts you name it we've just had a lot of fun with this podcast and i mean 2021's a new year we'll be on the lookout for new content and new you know stuff to talk about or if you're if you guys care to listen yeah, and maybe in true jerks fashion, we'll do a little genre switch and start doing some different stuff and broaden our uh the, the type of media we, we take on. Gotta keep it interesting. All right, man, happy new year again.
1: Peace.